Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Today's guest has been one of the most requested guests ever on the show, and that's Michael Does Diz. Now, I met Michael when I was out of the blue asked to go on the inaugural flight from Seattle to Disneyland on May the 4th. I walked in and there was this room and we there was maybe like eight to 10 creators all of us have stayed friends. We've stayed connected. And Michael is one of those that really just opened my eyes to how much fun you can have with Disney all year round. Also, while giving the best tips and tricks about traveling to and from Disney, all of the ins and outs of it all, and inspiring me to take up running so I can participate in my first run Disney. Please welcome Michael Does Diz to the show. Michael? Hold on, where's my microphone? Welcome to the dang show. You are one of the most requested guests. Wow. Yeah. You feel so special. Thank you. I feel like people feel the same as me. Like you're this secret agent of Disney and you know things and you share things and you give us like inside tips, but you also have so much fun with it. And I think one thing that I'm really bad at when I don't like something, I just never say it, but you're really honest about like, yeah, it didn't meet my expectations. I try. I mean, I think that it's important and like being in this Disney space, I feel like it's important to be honest with everybody about like yeah. what worked and what didn't work and, yeah. what and what I didn't necessarily like. Try not to slam Disney too hard if I if there's something that I don't totally love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that it's really important to give to give my honest truth about everything. Mm. And you, so this was one of the questions I let audience people submit some questions for you because I'm like, I know the things that I want to ask, but I know that other people are going to come at this from a different angle because you are online an entire, basically a Disney account. You kind of share news on Disney, your experiences at Disney. You're there a lot. But one question that somebody brought up that I actually asked you in real life, so I'm excited to ask you again what drew you into Disney in the first place? What's the story that got you to being this person who goes and does Disney all the time? Yeah. So, I mean, 
I think that a big part of it is my childhood. So mm. I am born and raised in Florida. So for me, my family vacation, like four or five times a year was going to Disney World. It was a three and a half hour drive for us. We'd hop in the car, we'd go, my family would just really kind of make sure that we always had a different type of trip every single time that we went. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we did growing up was my parents always made sure that we stayed at a different one of the Disney hotels. So growing up, like it was really neat. One trip, we would be staying in the cabins at Fort Wilderness. The next trip, we'd be staying at the Contemporary. So we really Mm -hmm. did a lot of different things growing up. That kind of just kept going throughout my life (laughs) into adulthood. That love for Disney. When I met Matthew, who is now my husband, we went on a couple of Disney trips. He also loves Disney. He didn't go as often as I did growing up, but like, he still loves Disney a lot and like has a very soft spot in his heart for it. Um, And I ended up proposing in Disney in 2014. Yeah, 2014. And then we just kind of went and I would post on my personal Instagram page, Mm -hmm. like pictures of me at Disney. And back then with like how the algorithm was and hashtags and different things like that, people would see them. And all of a sudden one day I was like, who are all these people that are like following me and liking my pictures of me at Disney? And I realized, I guess there's a a community for that. And there are a lot of Disney adults. So I transitioned my account to be pretty Disney focused and just kind of ran with it. And I've been doing that for about five years now, and it's been a lot of fun. If I'm honest, the reason I realized I follow so many Disney accounts now, when I first did it, it was because I was like, I need to know everything before I go on this like big family trip that we'd planned for years. And I wanted to know it all. But what I've recognized afterwards is it sort of keeps the magic of whatever, even if you go once every five years, it kind of like lets you still be a participant in the world of Disney. And I realized that even when I'm not actually there, I'm get, I feel connected to it. So what it used to be for planning now, it's like just for my own mental, I, I like coming across stuff on Instagram that is positive and light and fun. And I find Disney creators really lean into that. And that's one thing that I think I've always enjoyed about your content too, is like, it's very, it's very fun. It's interactive and it's honest, but everyone wants to know who are you outside of Disney? (laughs) So outside of Disney, I do have a full-time job. I am a recruiter. So that's what keeps me busy nine to five. And I love it. It's something that's fun for me because I get to talk to people all day long. And I think that that's something that I'm just good at and that I've been doing for 10 years now. I live in Chicago. I live with my husband and our mini golden doodle munchie. He's the best. I adore him. The dog. I I also adore my husband. (laughs) I love my dog. And I don't know. I like to cook. I like to bake. I like to run. I run a lot. And that has been a really cool thing for me in the last really four-ish years. Okay. Years is the tie between my love for running and my love for Disney mm. and really getting involved in the run Disney races. And what else can I tell you? I, don't I know. mean, yeah. I do love your, you, you're the reason I'm running right now. And I, 
It's so cool. I literally was there that weekend and I was kind of dreading. I was like, dang it. Why did I choose this last minute trip to go to Disney on a weekend that there's like a freaking marathon going on? But then I went down there and I was like, these people are having the time of their life and they're running. And that just, those two things don't equate for me. Like I was the person who probably reposted the memes. Like if you see me running, there's probably zombies behind me. Like running was never it for me. I never thought it was going to be something that I enjoyed, but I was like, oh, I just want to be a part of this. Like I want to do this. And then I started running ever since I came home. And I realized how I think what I adore about running the most is one that drive to get to Disney. Second is just watching yourself go against yourself. It's not about how you, I don't know what anybody else's run times are. I know that. Yeah. I know that I've shaved almost seven minutes off my runtime for a single mile. And that blows me away in a month and a half. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. And I mean, I've been running for a long time and still when I have those moments, if I shave two minutes off of a whole day at the gym or something like static and it's it's a really cool feeling. And just the energy around run Disney, like race weekends is totally electric and the people that are there I mean they've become like my second family like mm. my run Disney family that's who I look forward to seeing the most yeah of the year and like yeah uh, it's just the best so when it comes to being a participant in the run Disney for anybody like yes I'm like training like a whole year ahead because I actually want to like it, it just is a really fun thing to to have a goal towards, but somebody who maybe like isn't traditionally a runner or they're like really want to be a participant. Do you know like the spectrum of how good, quote unquote, good you have to be at running to participate? For sure. I mean, you technically need to be able to keep a 16 minute mile. Mm. And with that, that's keeping a 16 minute mile from the time that the last person starts in the last corral. So if mm. you are a couple corrals up, you really have a little bit of a buffer, probably up to like an 18, 19 minute mile, which yeah. honestly, a lot of people are able to walk that. Yeah. You may not be able to stop for as many characters or photo opportunities or things throughout the course of the race, but you can go and have the absolute best time. Mm-hmm. And I think what's neat about Disney races, as opposed to like I don't know, like the Chicago half marathon or something like that, (laughs) is that a lot of people are there to walk them together and to Mm. cheer each other on while not necessarily running to compete. And there's no judgment, which is Mm. really, really nice. You're not put into a situation where you're like, I'm on the side walking and everyone is staring at me for, for not running like a speed demon. Not like that. Matthew actually just walked the half marathon in January. Oh, okay. Cause this is my big thing. I'm like on the, I'm just selfishly using this podcast now to ask you questions, but I was like, I don't know what to go for five, five, 10 K or do the half marathon. But I'm like, I'm literally running a mile at a time right now. Well, first of all, you have a lot of time. Do I? I thought I had to register in like April. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I know they have made it side tangent for one second. Yeah. Has made it increasingly more difficult to register for races mm-hmm. and like when I started doing them a few years ago you didn't have to be online at 9 a.m on the dot to get into a virtual queue to 
hopefully get the race that day before it sold out. It was like open for yeah. weeks and then yeah. the price would go up. So everyone would try to like get their spot the day before the price would go up. And there were like annual pass holder like dates that you could sign up. Now it's like hunger games or yeah. something. Like, I've heard you like to have to set an alarm and like be ready. Yeah, like do. I might not even Tomorrow's- get it. Tomorrow is registration for the Disneyland races. Yeah, and the Dumbo something, the dum- yeah. the double Dumbo. Dumbo, Dumbo double dare challenge. That yes, that's it. Yeah, I did sense. see that. So I'll be online, like yeah. <laughs> frantic on like 19 computers and screens and phones <laughs> across my house, hoping that like the Wi-Fi is stronger in one room than the other. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we got to get into some of these questions yes. because yes, yes, otherwise yes. this will be so long. But one question that people are asking is how do you get to go to Disney so often? I'm going to preface this with people do not ever agree with how to spend their time or money, but I know you have had opportunities within how you've gone so much and also just your own personal sacrifices to get there. So what are those? How do you get to Disney so often? Sure. So I mean, It's funny, I get a lot of messages and feedback from people when I'm at Disney and they're like, you don't actually have a a full-time job. You're not actually working. And I'm like, you don't see in real time what I'm necessarily doing at all times on my Instagram platform. Like when I'm there a lot of the time, I'm working in my hotel room from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. and then going to the parks after from like- yes. Yeah, until close or something like that. I'm working a lot still while I'm there. But I mean, I have worked Disney into my routine and my life and my budget. One of the biggest things that I have focused on in the last few years is like points. So figuring out hotel points and airline points and how I can do all of that stuff. So like I have the companion pass with Southwest so that Matthew flies for free and things like that. And just kind of making it work. And if I want to get there and it's important to me to be there for a purpose, most Mm -hmm. of the time, I'll find a way to get there. I have my own little hacks of using Marriott points and staying at some of the Marriott properties instead of the Disney properties so that I don't have to pay an arm and a leg for for hotel. But I don't know. I do my best to make it work. We're also, I mean, we're a dual income household. We don't do you know um, what's funny though? Like if you bought a sports car, I don't feel like anybody would ask the question. Like, oh. what did you do to get that? But that sports car spread out over time and like how much it costs to go and be, I will tell you being at Disney, it's expensive for a lot of certain parts of it. But there was a sort of aha moment for me because I'm not often driven a dual income household, but we mostly, we, my, my money usually just gets like banked away. And when I'm in Disney and I'm spending this money and I've worked towards this, it's like the one time I realize why sometimes you put in like major hours or like what work you did to get there. It causes me to appreciate the value of money. It causes me to really feel like I'm not just putting money into our house or putting money into a new vehicle. Sometimes it's really nice to have something that you're putting it towards that really fuels you. Do you find that after going so often, do you still get that magic? Like what does Disney do for you? I do. So a lot of people ask me, why don't you just pick up and move to Orlando? Yeah. (laughs) Like the number one question that I'm asked. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason is because 
that for me would take the magic away from it. Mm. I don't want to look out my back window and see the fireworks. I don't want the ability to just go after work any day of the week over to the parks. Yeah. For me, there's always enough separation between the trips. And most of the time, kind of to my point before, like each trip is for a very different purpose. Mm. Some trips will be for a race. Some trips will be because a new ride is opening. Some trips will just be purely for fun and to get away. Some trips are because there's a new celebration happening and the parade is coming back or whatever it is. And I really, and you get invited to some of those too. Some of them I do. Yeah. Yes. And that's the other thing. I mean, I would say one out of every five or six trips yeah. is probably a hosted trip from Disney. Yeah. And those are things where I am. Because you're doing the work for us. You're doing the work for I'm us. We need, we need you there. I'm trying. <laughs> um, but yeah, each one is special in its own way. And I mm-hmm. have a rule for myself that I require that I do one different thing that I've never done before on every single trip to Disney. Oh, and I really like that. I would have thought you would have run out of things. Nope. Whether it is that I've never eaten at a specific mm-hmm. service location, or I've never had a certain food, or I've never sat in a specific location to watch fireworks or something mm-hmm. like that, I really just make sure that there's something mm-hmm. different each trip mm-hmm. so that it's not a copy and paste. Yeah. Trip yeah. Okay, so I'm somebody who struggles with digestion. And now I say this because I found the most incredible superfood snack, literally snacking on something that's benefiting digestion, upping my vitamin intake. And I'm talking about California prunes. And I know, I know you probably never considered it before, or you tried them once, or you only ever have them when you're like constipated, whatever that thing is. Prunes are truly an under-the-radar dried fruit superfood because they are richly packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals to support heart and bone health, as well as that fiber to get things moving and maintain good gut health. I actually find them incredibly delicious. They're one of my favorite snacks to have right now. And they're so versatile because you can have them as a snack or you can use them as an ingredient in your favorite sweet or savory dishes. Just trust me on this. Chop them up into your next salad. You will be blown away at how good it tastes. It's got this sweet, earthy flavor. It makes them perfect for simmering in sauces as well. Adding them to your smoothies, Or like I said, you can put them in your salad or maybe on top of a cereal. And this is a really cool swap you can use when baking. You can use prune puree as a butter and sugar substitute in baking. Isn't that like super cool? California prunes are also great for lowering cholesterol and regulating blood sugar levels. Prunes from California are moist, chewy, sticky, delicious with a sweet, earthy taste. But look for prunes that say product of USA or product of California to find premium quality prunes. Right now, you can go and visit www.californiaprunes.ca for information, recipes, and nutritional facts. Try them out, guys. I'm telling you, prunes are it. 
Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's outlist for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow a thing or two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. One question was, what is your favorite add-on, your favorite extra to do at Disney that you totally think is worth it? That's a tough question because there are a few of them. I know. there's. A, you can name a few. You can name okay. a few. I think people get really overwhelmed because it's one thing to read them online and it's a totally different thing to experience it. I've done like the special seating for the fireworks and that one I was like, oh, dang, like maybe not so much the dessert part of it, but the good seats at fireworks and not having to spend hours. I'm like, totally get like it. To, you don't like to go camping for four I hours? I don't like to go camping. Like no, it's not for me. Concrete and, and like, like character dinners, like character dinners, 100%. Cinderella's Castle, maybe not as much. So like, I get that everyone has like their own, but I want to know what yours are. Okay. So this first one's like an annoying one because- I really wanted to hate it and I don't love the premise of it, but I think that the number one add-on for me that like on a daily basis is worth it is Genie Plus. It's Genie Plus, yeah. <laughs> I buy it every day. <laughs> I know. It's so annoying to say it just because forever, for so yeah. many years, Fast Passes were included Fast pass, and it yeah. was free and it was mm -hmm. easy. I do find that Genie Plus though, like has worked its kinks out at least. Mm -hmm. When it first started, it was a mess. I could get like two genies or lightning lanes within a day. And that was it. And I was frustrated because I was like, why did I just pay $15 for like to skip two rides? And I couldn't yeah. figure out what time I could. Now, there's a lot of different ways to modify your genies. And it's a whole science. I could write yeah. a book. But um, I can go and I can get like 15 genie lightning lanes within a day. Mm -hmm. And I can basically skip every single line on every attraction in every park. And it's so worth it to me. I mean, yeah. I don't want to spend my precious time there mm -hmm. waiting. It's just not for me. Um, no, I, I'm of the exact same heart while I love the lines. I think that the genie, like to me, it was just like, why spend all this money to come all this way? And if for a family, it's like over a hundred dollars to add that pass on. But I was like, in terms of value for our trip, this is, this is skipping lines. Is it <laughs> like it, yeah. it just, you get on so many more rides. You're constantly moving. You just get a lot more bang for your buck by spending a little bit more. So I get your annoyance with it, but I also understand why it's yeah. so good. Someone wants to know what your best ever character experience has been. You are the king of getting the characters. I feel like I see three an entire trip and I'm like, Michael saw three in an hour. Like how you're so <laughs> good at the character game, but I wouldn't oh. like, the question was asked, what's your best experience with a character? Oh my God. I mean, literally I've met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters. There's not like one that stands out that like brought a little mist to your eye. Yeah, there is actually. So I would say that it was 
actually April 18th of 2022. Mm -hmm. It was the day that character, oh, I just got the goosebumps talking about it. Um, It was the day that character hugs came back for the first time after the pandemic. And it had been roughly two years since anybody had the opportunity to hug a character because Mm -hmm. they distanced. And when I say distanced, they weren't like three feet away. Some of them were like up on a train station. Like you could barely wave at them. And like your picture with them was like, yeah, Yeah. Um, I flew to Orlando for that day. Yeah. And I was the first person to hug Mickey at Hollywood Studios. Oh my gosh. And I walked in, I gave Mickey the biggest hug and I just started like hysterically crying. Oh my gosh. Not only was it a special moment for me, Mm -hmm. but the cast members that were working in that area. So like the character attendants, the photo pass and Mickey himself, like you could just tell how special it was and what that feeling was like. So I would say that was probably my most like sentimental. That's a really good one though. That's a really, really good one. I'm going to ask you less hard questions. Maybe they're, I think, I think that they might not, maybe they're not. Can I add one more to my favorite add-ons? Oh yeah. Go for it. Okay. So Disney world does the after hours events. Oh, I'm so sad. I missed on that. They're not that cheap, but they're also not that expensive. They're like 129 to $179 per person. And the park is closed to you for three or four hours and you get unlimited soft drinks and unlimited ice cream and unlimited popcorn during them. And it's not like it's closed down to 10,000, 15,000 people. They, they don't tell you the cap, but one time I kind of like estimated it and I think it was like 2,500 people and it's, you literally feel like you're the only person in the park. You can walk on every ride. They have like, some of the characters are still out. Like it's just, it's one of those things where I could spend the entire day at the pool Mm -hmm. all day Mm -hmm. and then just do that in the evening and be like, oh my gosh, that was so worth it. Like, Mm. because you get so much within those couple of hours. Yeah. They reintroduced that when we were down last time and I was like, ah, do we do it? Do we not? And that hum and haw, they were sold out by the time it was time. Cause we were like, let's just do it because we, we had missed a couple rides. And, uh, yeah. Then after, after that, I was like, dang, I heard so many good things. Everyone's like, it's a ghost town. You walk onto every ride. And some of these rides, like it's not even just a virtual, like you pay to be in queue or you pay to like, have to be a part, like some of these rides are getting pretty major, which kind of begs the next question that everyone's asking what are your favorite ride? Well, let, maybe do Disneyland and Disney world. And this is going to be interesting because you just went on the brand new Tron, which is not out yet. It starts in April, right? Opens April 4th to the public. They're doing a whole number of different previews in the next couple weeks and I guess months. But yeah, it was really cool. My favorite ride, hands down, at both parks is Thunder Mountain. And always- Oh, I knew that about you. Yeah, it's my baby, and I will always sit in the last row, which is row 15. I did a challenge all of last year to try to have someone sit in row 15 every day of the year 
on both coasts and we did it, which was really cool. I think in total, we had like 900 people ride Thunder Mountain in row 15 or something like that. But yeah, that, that'll always be my favorite ride. Why row 15? It's just the back row and it's the best. That's oh, okay. it. Like I wasn't, I'm like, is there something that, that happens back there? You just no. get whipped around a little there more? There is a really fun fact that if you, and I hope nobody does, but if you ever have a kidney stone, mm. And you I read this in row 15 three times, I think, like back to back to back, you'll pass your kidney stone. Yeah, I oh, actually wow. read that. I think Dude, that's like some truly scientific. Yeah, there was thing. like a urologist who even brought like yeah. faux um kidneys on with stones, yeah. and 80% of the time they passed or something. I read I read about it afterwards. So tell me what your least favorite ride is and why it's mission space. Oh, that's a good question and very accurate. And it's because I wrote it a few years ago, got off and then walked into a wall because I could not walk straight. And I almost broke my glasses, literally in my nose. That wasn't great. It's what an experience that ride is. I only like it so I can talk to other people who also I'm like, we've trauma bonded. We've trauma bonded through that experience. And the thing is, I'm like, this is what's so messed up. I will go online and I'll be like, this is the worst thing. Don't ever go on it. And I know that some people will be like, no, I'm going to go on it now. (laughs) I have to know. That's probably why that ride still exists, because everyone tells these stories (laughs) about how it messes you up. And they're like, you know, I want to try this for myself. Okay, top food. In each park, not in each park, sorry, because I know you have a Disneyland favorite and I know it's not available at Disney World. So what are your favorite foods in each spot? Like that one thing you wish you could bring home. Okay. Now I'm trying to think of what my Disneyland favorite is. You said the burrito tacos. Oh yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to, okay. I have a couple Disneyland favorites that you can't get in Disney World. That is absolutely one of them. Like yeah. the Beardville Tacos over at California Adventure. Yeah. They're unbelievable. I have them every single trip that I'm there. <laughs> and the other one out there is the uh, cookie butter cookie butter churro sundae at the Golden Ooh. Horseshoe. It's chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream with a churro that's cut in half in it with just like l- globs of cookie butter. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. And churros at Disneyland are infinitely better than churros at Disney World. I don't know why. They just are. They're yeah. like not great at Disney World. Yeah, I've heard um, I've heard there's a difference. There's a difference and you wouldn't think that there would be because it's just like I think it's a frozen churro that they just heat mm, up. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. Um and then out in Orlando, a food that I can't get at Disney World or Disneyland that's my favorite. That's probably more of a sit-down meal. Like Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant then at Disney World? One of them is definitely Sanaa, which is at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Mm. The bread service is my favorite thing in the world. Oh. It's, you get three different types of naan. And oh, then- that's cool it's nine different dipping sauces with them. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. It's really good. It's phenomenal. They also have like a, a, the whole rest of the menu is amazing too, but that's something that you can't get anywhere else that I just love. Okay. I have a question and I don't know if you're going to know the answer to this, but I think it's an important one. So I'm going to ask one person asked for what tips or resources on visiting Disney with a disabled child, autism, ADHD, sensory down syndrome. I know Disney has some things in place for this. Do you know what it is? I don't 
Um, okay. And I wish I did. And I, this is going to spark me to do more research on this. Yeah. I believe there is something you can do. It's called like the DAS. I want to, yes. there is something where you can, you can contact Disney for your trip and apply for that. Right. Yeah, and they they've changed that so that you can now apply before you get there. I believe you do okay. a call or something. Yes, like that. that's what a friend told um, me. But yeah. I I've seen major one thing I'll say about Disney that I've experienced is just how accessible it actually is. Um, like I think every ride except for two, almost anybody can join on. Uh, in terms like if you're an adult, regardless of ability, and they do have things in place for those with sensory disorders or being on the spectrum. So those that support is in place, but no, I thought was like, Oh, I know there's a good answer to this, but I, I haven't ever gone through it myself either. So I'm in the same position, but I would like to learn because I think that it's, it's a, it's a good one. Oh, some people want to know when you're coming to Canada. We are dying to come to Canada. I know you're dying to come to Canada. We're just waiting until it's a little bit warmer out. We're not trying to come during winter because we get to experience enough of that here in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Don't just wait till it's actually summer and it'll be nice. Okay. We will be in Vancouver in May. Oh, fun. Yeah. but That's really fun. That's not Toronto. That's not Toronto. It's a bit far from me, but that's okay. All right. Well, a lot of people are actually asking mostly about how to get started for Run Disney. Do you know some good tips? I know this is like a passion point. So go off to say what you, all the good things you said to me when I was like, I think I want to do this. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, register. Mm. Register for a race. You do have to register so far in advance that you really are giving yourself enough time to fully train for it so that you're able to do that race. So registering is the first step because you'll have something that A, you paid for. And like, at least for me, if I pay for something, I don't want to waste the money on that. Like I already Mm. spent the money, I'm doing it no matter what what it takes. Then I would say determine a training plan. So there are a number of different training plans on the Run Disney website. Yeah, I saw that. For every different race or challenge and for every different kind of skill set. So they have one for beginners. They have ones for intermediate runners. They have one for truly expert runners. So I would say to take a look at those, but to really just kind of get started slowly. Do not push yourself too hard at the very beginning because A, you really don't want to hurt yourself. And B, you don't want to overdo it and then be like, I hate this. Yeah. It's not so yeah. start slow. And I will say, like for me, I do the run walk run method, which is what Run Disney kind of preaches. It's created by Jeff Galloway, who's like the spokesperson for Run Disney. He's a former Olympian, but I run for two minutes and walk for 30 seconds. And I have an app that dings in my ear when I'm running. Okay. And I still, do it. I still do it to this day. That's how I train. I do it on the treadmill. Like, and that way you take that 30 second period to recover. Yeah. To run again. And the whole premise behind it is that anybody can run for two minutes. Mm, so yeah. I never really just run a straight mile ever. Like right. even with training, even at races and I always tell people that it trains me really well for stopping for character. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I didn't like, realize until you said that. Character. 
I thought it was more just like going and running at Disney. I didn't realize that there was actually characters there to greet you. During the marathon, there were 43 characters. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's there's incredible. Four characters at the start line. And then there's a ton of characters throughout the course. You literally pull off, throw your arms around them, smile for one picture, and then keep running. And the lines yeah. are really short. And I very often, when I'm in the parks and the lines get really long, I'm like, why can't they just be run Disney style? Because I'm yeah. like, like, just take your picture and go. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have like a magical moment with the character and I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why. Like, <laughs> all right. Right, right, right. That, that, that's why. <laughs> I have one major last question for you. Right. And this one I'm asking because I know that you have gone to Disney at times where the weather has sucked when yeah. it's been really busy, when there's been all these things where reality isn't meeting up with expectations, how can somebody or anybody, especially if you're traveling as a family and you're also competing against moods of kids and everything, how do you guarantee that you have a good time even within the realities of sometimes things are just out of your control? And a hundred percent. I mean, if we're talking weather, especially in Orlando, oh man. It's going to rain. You go in with that mentality, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You, I was there three nights ago, and mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I did not have that mentality. And I am the king of bringing my umbrella and a rain jacket with me in a backpack into the park, no matter what. Yeah. And it was nighttime. It had been the most beautiful day in the entire world, like sun shining, blue skies, no clouds. And I was like, oh. I'm going into the park for three hours tonight. Like yeah. my umbrella poured, like yeah. absolutely downpoured. So I'd say number one is to be prepared. Yeah. Like have those rain jackets ahead of time, mm -hmm. have your umbrellas ahead of time. And I would say to have like a plan B ahead of time mm -hmm. too, for those days so that you're not totally scrambling. I would say to whether that's doing things at the resort or mm -hmm planning for more indoor rides or planning for a character meal or things mm -hmm. like that. The cool thing nowadays, they've changed this recently, is that with all of the dining, you can cancel them up to two hours before. Yeah. It's to be like a full 24 hours before. Yeah. So I always make extra dining reservations that I probably don't need. Oh, that's so, like, so smart. And for anybody who like needs it, you can have like the, what is it? Mouse dining that you recommended that I use. Yeah. And I we grabbed that. some, we, and people because people cancel two yeah. hours before and you're like, amazing. Now I can get it. So you can Backwards. also get reservations up to two hours before That's something. Nice. Yeah. Yep. But I'll sometimes be like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to be in the mood for on this Sunday evening. Yeah. I'll book character dining and I'll book like a nice sit down dining. And then I might cancel both of them and end up doing quick service because I'm yeah. running around. So I would say just do your best to go with the flow. My other big tip for anybody, and this one's hit or miss for some people. I am always team rental car. I 100% of the time, except for once in the last two years, have a rental car with me. And to me, it makes the biggest difference in the entire Wait, world. what is the difference? Because my the thing I like the least or the most is never having to drive. See, and that's where I say it's hit or miss. Because some people, like my friend Brooke, she's the opposite of me for this. Mm -hmm. He wants to be transported into the magic, be there, and then never feel like she needs to leave like that magical space. Yeah. 
Yeah. Until the second she heads to the airport. For me, I hate waiting for buses. I mm -hmm. hate waiting for transportation. I love to be in control of every second of my own trip. So for me, I roll up, I grab my car from the airport, I leave when I want. I can drive straight to the park or I can drive straight to the hotel mm -hmm. from there. If I want to go to the Magic Kingdom, I can go. I can park when I want to leave. It's on my time. And if yeah. I want to park hop, I can go from there to there and there. It it just, to me, makes my trip so much easier. And I have had a number of rental car converts in the last few years. And That's really fascinating. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one to know. I also think like for somebody who I was about to go to Disneyland when I went to Disneyland by myself. And I remember Christina, who's a mutual friend of ours. She was like, just take a second and just sit down and people watch. You'll be oh, amazed at how much fun you can have by like not even doing anything at all. And I was like, okay. Cause you do get caught up on I think we equate the rides to the joy or we equate seeing different different things or having different experiences to being what is joyful. And when I sat down on that curb and I just watched, I was really like just being here and absorbing this energy is so beautiful that I don't even need to go on a ride to have a really happy experience. I was really blown away by that. Yeah, it's the atmosphere and the background music and the people watching yeah. and you'll have a cavalcade pass you and sometimes a character will walk by and you'll just have like a magical moment and like just sitting and being really is the best. Like mm -hmm. that is one of my favorite things. I will also say Disneyland is an entirely different beast than it Disney is, World. Yeah. They are and it's very like, different. I typically go to Disneyland when I need like a total magic refill because it's yeah. like my spot where I can like not have to think about cars or yeah. transportation yeah. or anything. I'm just like walking around and I can get yeah. everything done and I don't know. Yeah, no, I get it because Disney World is a beast and Disneyland, every time I've done Disneyland, I've been, I haven't even done a full day. Like the last time I went, I left at three, I went, got there at open and then I left at 3 p.m. When we went together, when we met, we, we didn't even get in the parks till 1 p.m. And then no. we did like a light show at the end and then we all went to bed and I was like, I actually feel like I got a lot out of the day and I was here for half a day, which is why it, I was in LA last week. So I already broke this rule, but I'm like, if you're within 45 <laughs> minutes of a Disney, even if I said to Shane, like, even if it's for a dinner and we had time for a dinner, I would drive and go and spend that much money. Cause we would spend that much money at like a four course meal. And I just want to sit there and have a Mickey ice cream and love my life for two seconds. Nice. It doesn't have to be, I think as big and blown. And I, and that's one thing a lot of people will ask me, like Disney just seems so inaccessible. Like I can't go, but I think it's because sometimes we build it to be the big trips that we see online. Mine, I spent three years saving for. And the second one, we like sacrificed our birthday presents and Christmas in order to make it happen. But the reality is you could go for one day. You could go for one day and have an amazing experience and memory building. When my teenagers were little, that's all we ever could afford was one single day at the parks. And it was magical. We never knew anything different. We never knew the big, we never knew what it was like to stay on site. We never knew all of the other things. So I think it could be really beautiful to just like have a bite of Disney. Like it doesn't have to be this four course meal of Disney in order oh. to experience the magic and bring it home with you. And I think character meals at resorts are the number one way to do that. 
Mm, for me. Like, yeah. if I were in the Orlando area and weren't going into the park, just popping into the contemporary and having dinner at Chef Mickey's, yeah. like, and being That's able such to- such a good idea. Characters and everything. You don't need yeah. to be staying there. You don't need to be going into the parks or anything just to yeah. experience that magic. Um, I never thought about that. That's like when I go get Cineplex movie popcorn without actually going to really? see a movie. Exactly. Yeah. That's genius. I had no idea. You could go to Goofy's Kitchen at the Disneyland Hotel, park there, run in, go have a lovely meal, have five characters hanging out with you for an hour or two. Yeah. Character character dinners are probably my favorite thing in the world. They're like, well, you wait in line, you wait in line to meet these characters and then you just go and have dinner with them. And you're like, wait, this is way better. And they come back. They just, it's amazing. And like, they're the best. And they're so, the, I I don't think people understand because I kind of got made fun of last time I was there and I got like the, I got like the sprinkles done on my hand and my hair. And the woman said to me, like, close your eyes and like, think about a dream and shit. And I was all welled in tears. And then that night at dinner, Minnie like looked at my nails and she was like, I like, she signed like, I love them. And I was just like, there's this whole little girl in me that was just like, thank you, Minnie. <laughs> Thank you. You you feel so seen and so adulthood is so pushed on us and so rushed on us. And I think it's really beautiful to let your child fly and your childlike self and just like let that be part of your joy. Something about the character meals. Like I'm always like a blubbering mess at the end. Everyone's like, how was the food? I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> like it was probably amazing. That, and I don't even know. Even matter. I'm in a blur. I'm in yeah. a blur. It's <laughs> just the absolute best. One of my favorite things. Michael, thank you so, so much. Um, so everyone loves you. You're one of my favorite. I'm so glad we met in real life, but like yeah. I love, love, love following you and how much you bring the magic to us and like all the tips and tricks along the way. But where can everyone who is listening come on and find you and join in all the magic? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Michael does Diz, D-I-Z. And that's it. That's the only place. I'm not anywhere else. <laughs> I also know that you have your mocktails page. Do you still do that? I do. I need to be better about doing it more regularly. I I love your mocktails. Yeah. Yes, I am. I will be five years sober this year and I love sharing my favorite non-alcoholic beverages, especially at Disney. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I'll have everything in the show notes for you as well. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.